Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep, slow, quiet stories to help you fall asleep. It's the last episode of 2020. It's been a tough year for a lot of us. I want to say thank you to all of you for helping me make it through this year and for being the reason that Listen to Sleep gave me so much joy this year. Hearing your stories about how the podcast helps you sleep has been so uplifting for me and given me a sense of meaning and purpose that has made this past year a lot better than it would have been without you. So thank you. Here's to a better 2021 for all of us. I'd also like to give a shout out to Holly. Thank you very much for joining the Patreon this week. If you'd like to join the Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash listen to sleep. There's a link in the show notes. And when you support the podcast with just a dollar a month, you get the episodes a day earlier and with no introductions or ads. You'll also be helping me move a little closer to my dream of being able to be your bedtime storyteller for my retirement one day. So thank you all very much for that. Let's take a deep breath. Let it out. Take another deep breath. And let it out. The Sister Years Last night, between 11 and 12 o'clock, when the old year was leaving her final footprints on the borders of Time's empire, she found herself in possession of a few spare moments and sat down, of all places in the world, on the steps of our new city hall. The wintry moonlight showed that she looked weary of body and sad of heart, like many another wayfarer of earth. Her garments, having been exposed to much foul weather and rough usage, were in very ill condition. And as the hurry of her journey had never before allowed her to take an instant's rest, her shoes were so worn as to be scarcely worth the mending. But after trudging only a little distance farther, this poor old year was destined to enjoy a long, long sleep. I forgot to mention that when she seated herself on the steps, she deposited by her side a very capacious bandbox, in which, as is the custom among travelers, she carried a great deal of valuable property. Besides this luggage, there was a folio book under her arm, very much resembling the annual volume of a newspaper. 
Placing this volume across her knees and resting her elbows upon it with her forehead in her hands, the weary, bedraggled, world-worn old year heaved a heavy sigh and appeared to be taking no very pleasant retrospect of her past existence. While she thus awaited the midnight knell that was to summon her to the innumerable sisterhood of departed years, there came a young maiden treading lightsomely on tiptoe along the street from the direction of the railroad depot. She was evidently a stranger and perhaps had come to town by the evening train of cars. There was a smiling cheerfulness in this fair maiden's face, which bespoke her fully confident of a kind reception from the multitude of people with whom she was soon to form acquaintance. Her dress was rather too airy for the season and was bedizened with fluttering ribbons and other vanities, which were likely soon to be rent away by the fierce storms or to fade in the hot sunshine, amid which she was to pursue her changeful course. But still, she was a wonderfully pleasant-looking figure and had so much promise and such an indescribable hopefulness in her aspect that hardly anybody could meet her without anticipating some very desirable thing, the consummation of some long-sought good from her kind offices. A few dismal characters there may be here and there about the world who have so often been trifled with by young maidens as promising as she that they have now ceased to pin any faith upon the skirts of the new year. But for my own part, I have great faith in her. And should I live to see fifty more such still from each of those successive sisters, I shall reckon upon receiving something that will be worth living for. The new year, for this young maiden was no less a personage, carried all her goods and chattels in a basket of no great size or weight, which hung upon her arm. She greeted the disconsolate old year with great affection and sat down beside her on the steps of the city hall, waiting for the signal to begin her rambles through the world. The two were own sisters, being both granddaughters of time, and though one looked so much older than the other, it was rather owing to hardships and trouble than to age, since there was but a twelve months difference between them. Well, my dear sister, said the new year after the first salutations, you look almost tired to death. What have you been about during your sojourn in this part of infinite space? Oh, I have it all recorded here in my book of chronicles, answered the old year, 
in a heavy tone. There is nothing that would amuse you, and you will soon get sufficient knowledge of such matters from your own personal experience. It is but tiresome reading. Nevertheless, she turned over the leaves of the folio and glanced at them by the light of the moon, feeling an irresistible spell of interest in her own biography, although its incidents were remembered without pleasure. The volume, though she termed it her Book of Chronicles, seemed to be neither more nor less than the Salem Gazette for 1838, in the accuracy of which journal this sagacious old year had so much confidence that she deemed it needless to record her history with her own pen. What have you been doing in the political way? asked the new year. Why, my course here in the United States, said the old year, though perhaps I ought to blush at the confession. My political course, I must acknowledge, has been rather vacillatory, sometimes inclining towards the Whigs, then causing the administration party to shout for triumph, and now again uplifting what seemed the almost prostrate banner of the opposition, so that the historians will hardly know what to make of me in this respect, but the locofocos. I do not like these party nicknames, interrupted her sister, who seemed remarkably touchy about some points. Perhaps we shall part in better humor if we avoid any political discussion. With all my heart, replied the old year, who had already been tormented half to death with squabbles of this kind. I care not if the navies of Whig or Tory, with their interminable brawls about banks and the sub-treasury, abolition, Texas, the Florida War, and a million other topics, which you will learn soon enough for your own comfort. I care not, I say if no whisper of these matters ever reaches my ears again. Yet they have occupied so large a share of my attention that I scarcely know what else to tell you. There has indeed been a curious sort of war on the Canada border, where blood has streamed in the names of liberty and patriotism, but it must remain for some future perhaps far distant year, to tell whether or no those holy names have been rightfully invoked. Nothing so much depresses me, in my view of mortal affairs, as to see high energies wasted, and human life and happiness thrown away, for ends that appear oftentimes unwise, and still oftener remain unaccomplished. But the wisest people and the best keep a steadfast faith that the progress of mankind is onward and upward, and that the toil and anguish of the path serve to wear away the imperfections of the immortal pilgrim, and will be felt no more 
when they have done their office. Perhaps, cried the hopeful new year, perhaps I shall see that happy day. I doubt whether it will be so close at hand, answered the old year, gravely smiling. You will soon grow weary of looking for that blessed consummation, and will turn for amusement, as has frequently been my own practice, to the affairs of some sober little city, like this of Salem. Here we sit on the steps of the new city hall, which has been completed under my administration, and it would make you laugh to see how the game of politics, of which the capital at Washington is the great chessboard, is played here in miniature. Burning ambition finds its fuel here. Here, patriotism speaks boldly in the people's behalf, and virtuous economy demands retrenchment in the emoluments of a lamplighter. Here the aldermen range their senatorial dignity around the mayor's chair of state, and the common council feel that they have liberty in charge. In short, human weakness and strength, passion and policy, man's tendencies, his aims and modes of pursuing them, his individual character and his character in the mass may be studied almost as well here as on the theater of nations. And with this great advantage that, be the lesson ever so disastrous, its Lilliputian scope still makes the beholder smile. Have you done much for the improvement of the city? asked the new year. Judging from what little I have seen, it appears to be ancient and time-worn. I have opened the railroad, said the elder year, and half a dozen times a day you will hear the bell, which once summoned the monks of a Spanish convent to their devotions, announcing the arrival or departure of the cars. Old Salem now wears a much livelier expression than when I first beheld her. Strangers rumble down from Boston by hundreds at a time. New faces throng in Essex Street. Railroad hacks and omnibuses rattle over the pavements. There is a perceptible increase of oyster shops and other establishments for the accommodation of a transitory diurnal multitude. But a more important change awaits the venerable town. An immense accumulation of musty prejudices will be carried off by the free circulation of society. A peculiarity of character, of which the inhabitants themselves are hardly sensible, will be rubbed down and worn away by the attrition of foreign substances. Much of the result will be good. There will likewise be a few things not so good. Whether for better or worse, there will be a probable diminution of the moral influence of wealth, 
and the sway of an aristocratic class, which from an era far beyond my memory has held firmer dominion here than in any other New England town. The old year, having talked away nearly all of her little remaining breath, now closed her book of chronicles and was about to take her departure. But her sister detained her a while longer by inquiring the contents of the huge bandbox which she was so painfully lugging along with her. These are merely a few trifles, replied the old year, which I have picked up in my rambles, and am going to deposit in the receptacle of things past and forgotten. We sisterhood of years never carry anything really valuable out of the world with us. Here are patterns of most of the fashions which I brought into vogue, which have already lived out their allotted term. You will supply their place with others equally ephemeral. Here, put up in little china pots, like rouge, is a considerable lot of beautiful women's bloom, which the disconsolate fair ones owe me a bitter grudge for stealing. I have likewise a quantity of men's dark hair, instead of which I have left gray locks, or none at all. The tears of widows and other afflicted mortals who have received comfort during the last twelve months are preserved in some dozens of essence bottles, well corked and sealed. I have several hundred bundles of love letters, eloquently breathing an eternity of burning passion, which grew cold and perished almost before the ink was dry. Moreover, here is an assortment of many thousand broken promises and other broken ware, all very light and packed into little space. The heaviest articles in my possession are a large parcel of disappointed hopes, which a little while ago were buoyant enough to have inflated Mr. Laureate's balloon. I have a fine lot of hopes here in my basket, remarked the new year. They are a sweet-smelling flower, a species of rose. They soon lose their perfume, replied the somber old year. What else have you brought to ensure a welcome from the discontented race of mortals? Why, to say the truth, little or nothing else, said her sister with a smile, save a few new annuals and almanacs and some New Year's gifts for the children. But I heartily wish well to poor mortals and mean to do all I can for their improvement and happiness. It is a good resolution, rejoined the old year. And, by the way, I have a plentiful assortment of good resolutions, which have now grown so stale and musty that I am ashamed to carry them any farther. 
only for fear that the city authorities would send Constable Mansfield with a warrant after me. I should toss them into the street at once. Many matters go to make up the contents of my bandbox, but the whole lot would not fetch a single bid, even at an auction of worn-out furniture. And as they are worth nothing either to you or anybody else, I need not trouble you with a longer catalog. And must I also pick up such worthless luggage in my travels, asked the New Year? Most certainly, and well, if you have no heavier load to bear, replied the other. And now, my dear sister, I must bid you farewell, earnestly advising and exhorting you to expect no gratitude nor goodwill from this peevish, unreasonable, inconsiderate, ill-intending, and worse-behaving world. However warmly its inhabitants may seem to welcome you, yet do what you may, and lavish on them what means of happiness you please, they will still be complaining, still craving what is not in your power to give still looking forward to some other year for the accomplishment of projects which ought never to have been formed, and which, if successful, would only provide new occasions of discontent. If these ridiculous people ever see anything tolerable in you, it will be after you are gone forever. But I cried the fresh-hearted New Year. I shall try to leave men wiser than I find them. I will offer them freely whatever good gifts providence permits me to distribute, and will tell them to be thankful for what they have, and humbly hopeful for more. And surely, if they are not absolute fools, they will condescend to be happy and will allow me to be a happy year. For my happiness must depend on them. Alas for you, then, my poor sister, said the old year, sighing as she uplifted her burden. We grandchildren of time are born to trouble. Happiness, they say, dwells in the mansions of eternity. But we can only lead mortals thither step by step, with reluctant murmurings, and ourselves must perish on the threshold. But hark, my task is done. The clock in the tall steeple of Dr. Emerson's church struck twelve. There was a response from Dr. Flint's in the opposite quarter of the city, and while the strokes were yet dropping into the air, the old year either flitted or faded away, and not the wisdom and might of angels, to say nothing of the remorseful yearnings of the millions who had used her ill, could have prevailed with that parted year to return one step. But she, in the company of time 
and all her kindred must hereafter hold a reckoning with mankind. So shall it be likewise with the maidenly new year, who, as the clock ceased to strike, arose from the steps of City Hall and set out rather timorously on her earthly course. A happy new year, cried a watchman, eyeing her figure very questionably, but without the least suspicion that he was addressing the new year in person. Thank you kindly, said the new year, and she gave the watchman one of the roses of hope from her basket. May this flower keep a sweet smell long after I have bidden you goodbye. Then she stepped on more briskly through the silent streets, and such as were awake at the moment heard her footfall and said, The new year is come. Wherever there was a knot of midnight roisterers, they quaffed her health. She sighed, however, to perceive that the air was tainted, as the atmosphere of this world must continuously be, with the dying breaths of mortals who had lingered just long enough for her to bury them. But there were millions left alive to rejoice at her coming, and so she pursued her way with confidence, strewing emblematic flowers on the doorstep of almost every dwelling, which some persons will gather up and wear in their bosoms, and others will trample underfoot. The carrier boy can only say further that early this morning she filled his basket with New Year's addresses, assuring him that the whole city, with our new mayor and the aldermen and common council at its head, would make a general rush to secure copies. Kind patrons, will you not redeem the pledge of the new year? Happy New Year.